Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Alliant Health Solutions podcast, Making Healthcare Better. My name is Rakia Campbell, and I'm your host today. Joining me is Dr. Ralph Atkinson. He is our Alliant Health Solutions board member, and he's also a nephrologist located in Nashville, Tennessee. So thank you, Dr. Atkinson, for joining us today. Well, thank you, Ms. Campbell, for having me. I'm excited about this podcast. Awesome. So please share with me um, a little more information about your role with Alliant and what you actually do day to day. Great. Well, so uh, with Alliant, I've been honored to be a board member uh, for several years and have enjoyed the expertise and the depth of knowledge that uh, the Alliant team members bring to all the contracts that they serve taking care of patients. And of course, we have a, a unique relationship with Alliant in that I'm part of Network 8 and Network 8 is a, an Alliant member as well. I'm a nephrologist. I've been in private practice since 1991 in Nashville, Tennessee. I see both uh, patients with chronic kidney disease, patients on dialysis, consults in the hospital, and kidney transplant patients. So for those that don't know, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services selected Alliant Quality through its affiliates to provide quality improvement and interventions for the Medicare end-stage renal development program, which is often referred to as ESRD. Our scope of work encompasses a total of four states, collectively serving populations in, with similar dialysis and transplant patient demographics and provider characteristics. So Dr. Atkinson, please share with me, um, who are the ESRD networks? So the uh, Medicare started uh, covering ESRD services for their beneficiaries in the, in the 1970s, and they mm -hmm. wanted to establish a quality network to oversee that care. And so the networks were established into law and the networks are contracted with CMS to provide quality oversight and quality improvement projects for ESRD patients. Currently, there are 18 networks, and the networks that are affiliated with Alliant are Network 8, which covers Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee, and Network 14, which is the entire state of Texas. Okay. Okay, so you mentioned um, Network 8 covering Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee. Correct. So please share, how has Network 8 helped to bridge the gap between dialysis and transplant facilities? So one of our quality improvement projects and part of the Advancing American Kidney Health Executive Order that was signed last year involve improving the outcomes and improving access to kidney transplantation. So patients with ESRD, uh, the networks facilitate that uh, referral of a ESRD dialysis patient to a transplant center in their local area. And they help the dialysis facilities with the coordination of that referral and, and helping the patient navigate that referral through the transplant program. Traditionally, transplant programs and the dialysis clinics were very separate and very siloed, and they didn't communicate well. So part of the network improvement project is to improve that communication so that the dialysis facilities know what the transplant centers need to, to take care of and evaluate those patients. Mm -hmm. and the transplant centers are, know what's going on with the patient during their dialysis sessions. That's great. So it sounds pretty innovative, the Network Improvement Project. So with that, have you seen any improvement in home dialysis rates? Well, so that's an additional quality improvement project. The oh. two big emphases uh, for 
uh, this year were improving transplant rates and improving home dialysis uh, referrals. And so many times the uh, home dialysis barriers are more complex than the transplant barriers and trying to uh, figure out how a patient can get the information they need to see the benefit of home dialysis and also make that referral uh, process uh, very seamless is a goal of the networks to do. And so they spend a lot of time educating patients, but also educating the facilities, the dialysis facilities about how to talk with patients about home dialysis. Oh, I see. Can you share with me what is the, what's kind of the pros and cons between going to a facility and being at home? Is there one better than the other? Um, well, certainly for the patient, um, the, the possibility of home in the right setting can give them a lot of freedom uh, to carry on their lives because dialysis is very confining for patients. And so going to a clinic three times a week for four hours each dialysis treatment is almost like having a part-time job. In fact, yeah. it is uh, like having a part-time job. And a lot of patients that do dialysis at home have better outcomes in the sense that they feel better, their quality of life is, is greatly improved, and they're able to uh, have an impact on their care themselves, and that empowering of patients uh, leads to better outcomes. Now, there's additionally um, a cost savings benefit to um, patients that do dialysis at home, is it's typically less costly than it would be if you do dialysis in a dialysis facility. Mm. Yeah, and I can imagine we actually did another segment about the with the podcast about having a chronic condition and how that it can impact your behavioral health. And so I can imagine mm -hmm. that as a patient, being able to be at home, getting treatment, you know, in a familiar setting, behavioral health wise, um, a lot healthier as well. Correct. So. And many patients that uh, go home also have a chance to work because they can adjust their dialysis schedule to allow them to work, whereas if you go to a dialysis clinic, um, many times you're stuck with that schedule for the clinic and it can interfere with the ability to work. So uh, voc rehab uh, options are much uh, improved with patients on home dialysis. So please share with me, what other quality improvement projects are going on right now? One of the most important ones is to reduce the long-term catheter rates. Catheters are a type of device that helps our dialysis patients get their dialysis, but in the long run, they're are, uh, associated with a lot of infections and worse yeah. outcomes. And so to reduce those long-term catheters improves patient care and improves outcomes. And the networks have been very instrumental in helping patients and the facilities understand the need for long-term permanent vascular access that allows them to have a better dialysis. Great. So it sounds like the work that um, the ESRD networks is really impactful, um, specifically in the ESR, obviously in the ESRD realm. Right. And the ESRD networks are so collaborative. Um, we all work together. We actually have a forum of ESRD networks, of which I'm currently president. And it, it brings all the 18 networks together and uh, helping the networks interact with CMS and also to uh, bring the patient voice into the conversation so that we can hear from patients about what they're experiencing and how we can better improve their care. That's great. Yes, I'm hearing, um, we've actually featured in a couple of our broadcasts talking about um, different specialties that are really 
just a lot more customer focused. And so it's great to hear that ESRD is working in that space as well. So Dr. Atkinson, how is ESRD involved in providing value-based care? Well, from almost the get-go with the establishment of the networks, uh, the quality of care and, and value-based care was emphasized in the work of the networks to oversee how patients receive their dialysis and the quality of that dialysis. Mm -hmm. And so through the years, we have been, I think, on the forefront in the ESRD field to uh, know about value-based care. In 2015, we uh, came up with CMS, the end-stage renal disease seamless care organization called the ESCO, and that was a specific model to provide basically an accountable care organization for patients with ESRD. And now with the Advancing American Kidney Health uh, Executive Order, we're going to have more uh, value-based models that will allow us to both take care of ESRD patients like we're doing in the ESCO, but also move up to the CKD or chronic kidney disease patient population and improve those outcomes as well. And my experience and the experience of others in the ESCO um, has uh, allowed us to have, the, uh, have an opportunity to be very successful for our patients in these new, newer models too. Very nice. So it's definitely a, a kind of mutually beneficial um, type of provider, providing um, serv service that you're providing right now. Exactly. And, and it's all about care coordination. And, and as long as we coordinate care, which we've always been doing in, in ESRD patients, we uh, have a team-based approach where we have a physician, a nurse, a dietitian, and a social worker. And that team-based approach to coordinate care has been something that we've been doing from the inception of uh, providing outpatient dialysis. So it's a very uh, natural thing for ESRD uh, care to uh, move into the chronic kidney disease care and, and provide that same level of care coordination and improve outcomes. Wonderful, wonderful. And obviously, definitely improving outcomes is, is the bottom line, the greater good goal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Atkinson, for joining me. And thank you for joining us today for the Lion Health Solutions Making Healthier Better podcast.